Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Chill and Prosper. I am your host, Denise Duffield Thomas. And today we are talking about honoring the life cycle of your business. And this is a tricky one, right? Because I used to have this affirmation or I used to tell branding people, it's always summer in Lucky Bitch land um, because Lucky Bitch was the name of my business before I called it Denise DT. And um, I say it's always summer in Lucky Bitch land, which meant, you know, I like to have my photos and my brand look very summery and bright and happy and optimistic. So lots of blues, lots of like light colors. Usually my photos, I'm on the beach, I'm, you know, I don't know, my bike, all these kind of things. Really summer, 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 light, happy, friendly, which is great. I love that about my brand. But I was trying to live that as an entrepreneur, live that as the CEO of my business. I was trying to always be in summer. And that can get really exhausting. And I was really good at it for a long time, right? Because I'm a hard worker. I have a very strong work ethic. I can work and work and work and work way longer than the average person. And I'm not just saying that what's to brag about. But again, it's that ruler personality in the money archetypes. The ruler is like, just keep on going, never taking time off, blah, blah, blah. Um, And so I realized that, you know, in the life cycle of life, you have to go dormant. You know, after summer comes autumn, where all the trees, they lose their leaves so they can conserve energy for the next season. You know, they let go of dead weight. Um, you know, the obviously the temperature starts to shift and then you go into winter, which is more hibernation energy. You know, it's conserving your energy. And then spring is this big, beautiful awakening where the buds come out and you have that hopefulness and you do that spring clean energy. Um, and then you go into summer. And summer, I guess, is where you enjoy the fruits of your labor, right? And you just do it. And so I realized that I'm um, always kind of wanting to at least show and perceive this thing of like always in harvest, like always summer, and it's always great. But I personally needed to honor the seasons of my life and my business. And that meant not always being in growth mode, actually taking some time, some considered time to figure out what is next and maybe, you know, cut some dead wood and conserve some energy. And I think that was really kind of hard for me to admit in the past because I was like, but I'll let people down if I go away. Because that's what I thought it was, right? I was like, oh, you you just die for a little bit in your business? No, that's not what it's about. But it's about creating those cycles and really honoring where you are. So when I did uh, like my business marketing degree, they talk about the life cycles of a business, right? And so you've got um, the initiation start of the business where things are kind of a bit messy and you're kind of figuring things out. And then you might have a period of like growth and leverage, And then you get to a point where it's stagnant. And for some people, they start another business. For some people, they start to decline. Or sometimes people just continue on and not experience that rapid growth anymore. 
Um, and so let's talk through where you might be in your business, okay? Um, and some of the money blocks that might come up at different stages of your business. So for example, you might be just starting out, okay? And this might not even be your first business. You might just be always in that startup energy of just figuring stuff out, throwing things at the wall, seeing what will stick. And what I find at this um, stage, some people never get out of it and they're just uh, always in that, uh, like it's the alchemist personality type in money archetypes where you're just always trying new things, shiny object syndrome sometimes. Um, Otherwise, if you're kind of starting out and you don't know what you're going to do, you don't know really what your business is, there is a lot of experimentation. And I find from a money mindset point of view, this is where you have to do a lot of that really initial work about what are my views on money? What are my views on asking for money? Uh, this is where you have to really struggle to set your prices, right? Because you, for the first time maybe in your life, you're putting a value on what you do. What is my time worth? What is my expertise worth? And it can be very, very confusing to figure that out. Now, you might have been, had a lot of success in other businesses and you've started something new and you feel like that again. And that's really normal. Even if it's your, like, not even that different from what you do. And I'll give you an example of this. I always talk about how um, I, I do struggle a little bit with public speaking. It's not my favorite thing to do. Um, you know, I wouldn't choose to do it for fun. And so even though I was you know, already successful as a money mindset coach, when it came to charging for my speaking, I felt exactly like when I started my business in the first place. Who am I to charge this? This isn't hard work. Um, you know, no one would pay this. This is ridiculous. Um, who am I just to stand up and talk to people? You know, same thing happened again. I almost went right back to the start. And so it's really common, right? If you're having these very basic issues of, who am I? Who who am, who am I to charge this? What should I charge? And I meet people from all different industries, right? All different. So let's take the art world. I met someone who's an artist the other day, and it was like, how do you put a price on art? How do you put a price on creativity? How do you put a price on the pleasure that someone would get out of having it in their home? It's not a necessity. It's a pleasure-based thing. Um, and so the money blocks can come up around the starving artist mentality, people telling you from a young age that artists don't make any money, all of those things. You might be um, starting a service-based business like a dance studio and you might think, oh my gosh, what should I charge? I don't want to be unaffordable for people. I want to be affordable. Um, or you might think, oh, I just want to serve everybody. I want everybody to have the gift of dance. So therefore, I should help everybody for free right? You might be starting out as a brand new coach and you've never charged for that before. And again, you're like, oh my God, am I just just charging to talk to people? And I remember I had a VIP day at my house years ago. I don't do them anymore. Um, and my sister was visiting and she's 19 years younger than me. So she was you know, quite young at the time. And she just stayed in the other room. And then when my client left, she's like, did that lady just pay to like hang out with you all day and like just be your friend? And um, I went, eh, no, but it was really hard for me to explain, well, what's the value that I'm offering? Okay, so early stages, a lot of insecurity, a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of fear, a lot of fear. And I talk about this a lot, that the fear never goes away. 
never really truly goes away. But what scares you today won't scare you tomorrow, right? And so today I've got, you know, a whole day of podcast stuff to do. That used to keep me up all night thinking, what am I going to talk about? And then now I can kind of come and, you know, I've got notes and all that kind of stuff, but I know that I'm going to sit down and say something. You know, I've got that confidence about that. But if um, Oprah called me and said, oh, we want you on a show tomorrow, I'd, I'd be scared again, right? So fear is normal. And your goal is not to find this magical place where suddenly you're never going to be scared again. It just does not happen. Absence of fear is not the goal, okay? Write that down. Absence of fear is not the goal. The goal is freedom and to help people and to all those beautiful things that a, a business can give you. But at the start of your business, you, um, you don't have that faith. You don't have it. You haven't seen it. You don't believe that it's possible. So my big tip, if you are at the start of any business, even if you are successful in other areas, is that you must surround yourself with people who are in that industry or in that game because then it starts to normalize things for you and if you don't know them in person you follow them on social media okay so if you're an artist you've never charged for art before follow successful artists especially ones that you can resonate with you know if you've got kind of a a fear that people like me don't make money from this well deliberately seek out examples. They might not be exactly like you, but you can find some point of commonality to say, oh my God, well, they have kids, they have young kids and they still do art. Or, you know, she's a woman of color and I can do that too. Or that's a queer person who makes amazing, you know, really weird art that I didn't think anyone would buy. Oh my God, people are buying it. And so you need to give yourself as many um points of belief as possible, that it's possible for you. Okay, I can't remember where I heard this, probably a Tony Robbins seminar or something, but he talks about, you know, a table. A table cannot really stand up. I mean, okay, if it's just like a little, you know, bar table with one leg, but like two legs, three legs, like the more legs a table has, the more stable it is, right? And so the more belief little points you can get in your life, the better for you to go, maybe it's possible for me too. Okay, maybe it's possible. Now, um, I, I, I really want to hear from you, right? If you are in the early stages of business, send me a DM. Tell me what is really keeping you up at night, okay? Because a, a thing that I hear a lot, and it hasn't even happened yet, is people being disappointed with you, people not liking you, okay? So you might have started this business, you've never even had a customer, and you're already stressing about your first refund request, you're already stressing about haters. You're already stressing about people not liking you. And it's really normal to fear that, especially, you know, if you've seen it happen to other people and you just think, oh my God, if that happened to me, I would die, right? It's like, oh, I can't even face that. But you're not even putting yourself out there for that to happen. Because when it does happen and it will, you'll just be like, oh, okay, it wasn't so bad. All right, well, I didn't die oh, okay, that's done now. My first one's done. That's cool. And you can kind of move on from it, right? But the fear of bad things happening, get specific about what that is for you. You know, maybe you are going into a completely different area and you're worried that your ex-colleagues will find out. You know, I've got a friend who's a nurse and um, she does psychic readings for people and psychic mentoring. She was terrified for years that people in the hospital would find out. Because she would think she thought that it would damage her credibility as a nurse, a very senior nurse. 
Um, um, and that's my friend Rebecca Gibson, by the way, who um, does psychic readings. And she's a very, very experienced nurse. But for a long time, she was like, I can't tell people about it because they'll think that there's, you know, something weird about me. So you might be in that space of, I don't want to be found out. You might be in a space like my friend Erica Learmark was in for a long time where she thought, oh my God, people are going to find out when I start my business coaching, they're going to find out that I was a stripper in my 20s. They're going to find that out. But now if you follow her on social media, she talks about stripping all the time. That She's written a book, Think Like a Stripper. And it's so fascinating to hear those business lessons now through that lens. So she outed herself. But for a long time, she was afraid of that. You know, so think about all those things that you're afraid of. Um, people not liking you, people finding out about you, um, people thinking that you, you know, are too big for your boots or that you're too expensive. All of those things are all things that every single person has experienced in, in some way. And so it's okay for you to decide to graduate yourself, to go, you know what, I've done my share of free clients. I'm going gradu- to graduate myself to paid. And no one tell, no one's going to do that for you. You know, if you go and do a course and they say, great, to graduate this course, you need to go and see, you know, 20 free clients. And this can be in so many different industries, right? And then you do it, you tick it off, they go, great, now you're a thing. Here's your certificate. Well, most of the time when you work for yourself, there's nobody doing that for you. There's no one saying, now you're ready, here you go. You have to graduate yourself. Okay, so decide, I'm graduating. I am graduating this month, okay? Not this year, I'm graduating this month and declare yourself ready to go to that next stage. Okay, so that is beginner stage, all right? That growth, like really starting up, startup stage. Now we're going to go into growth and leverage and expansion, okay? So we're going to uh, talk about that straight after this break, so do not go away. I'll see you in a sec. My name is Rachel. I actually live in uh, Los Angeles, so nice sunny LA. And I actually transitioned from being a bookkeeper and having my own bookkeeping business, which I was really frustrated in. And I found Denise and she told us that if you hate your business, you can do something else. It's okay. And that was like, oh. And so I'm actually a health and life coach now. And I specifically work with women that have chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. And I help them uncover what emotional, like, triggers are connected to their physical pain and we work through it and it's really really awesome I love it so you're gonna be really scared you're gonna sit there and you go you want me to spend how much doing what like this is totally woo-woo like ah you have to do it though because it's not only going to change your business it's going to change how you relate to your clients it's going to change how you view yourself in your life, in your business, and it's going to open up all these doors and it's gonna open up all these opportunities that you didn't even know existed. And it's just gonna make the journey so much easier. And it, it doesn't have to be hard. And trust me, without boot camp, it's hard. <laughs> so it makes it not hard. <laughs> Hi, and welcome back. We are talking about honoring your stage of business and where you are. So we talked about um, that really initial startup stage and how scary it can be and how intense it can be. And now let's talk about the next stage, which is kind of that growth, rapid growth stage. Now, this might be where, okay, you've been throwing things at the wall to see what sticks and something does. And then you go, okay, let's ride. Sometimes that happens really quickly. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, sometimes it's kind of a steady growth burn. For me, um, I 
doubled my business every year, pretty much. So it was like growth, 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 growth. And there's a lot of experimentation still happening at this stage, right? But you're also starting to get into um, the next layer of money blocks, you know, because you might have started out with a lot of people and you're like, oh, why not me? I can charge. And then what you'll see is that people start to diverge. And so you might have people that you started with are not growing, people who are, um, you know, throwing businesses out and going, no, I don't want to do that anymore. And you can then start to feel very lonely and to think, well, what am I doing this for? And who, where am I going? Where am I going? So um, most people listening to this know that I really like doing ballet. And I did ballet as a kid, did ba- ballet as a teenager, and then I started again at age like 44, right? Uh, 43. And it was like, it was hard to go back to it. It was hard on my body. So I started going back to like beginner's classes. And what I realized though very quickly is that I still did remember a lot of that technique. So I was better than a lot of the beginners, right? And I felt like, oh, I'm doing so good. Look at me. I've got all this technique. And then um, for the new year, I started to go like into a more in- in intermediate advanced class and everything's faster. There's less explanation. There's less time in between exercises. There's less recovery time and everything is much harder. And so I realized when I went to this class, um, I was like, oh, I can't coast in this class. Uh, I just wanted my body just to take over and do it. Um, And then I went, oh, no, I'm really going to have to engage my brain again. And it was a bit intimidating. You know, I wasn't the worst in the class. I'm certainly not even close to being the best in the class. So I have to really work again. And so this is where I want, if you are in this growth phase, Sometimes it is because you start to become the big fish in the little pond, right? Or that's where you want to go. And so when I wanted to go into this growth period, I knew it was really important for me to be around people who were better than me because that's how my brain works, right? I I always think I want to be the best, like I want to be better. It's not that I'm competitive necessarily, but it's just like I just feel like – Witnessing someone's excellence, witnessing other people's mastery inspires me to increase my game. It really does. It inspires me to try a little bit harder. And so when you're in this growth phase, it's like that's the thing that's going to make you do it quickly. Okay. So if you want to go fast, like rulers, mavericks, alchemists, you want to go fast, um, it's like being in masterminds with people who are better than you. Um, You know, if you've got a podcast, interviewing people who intimidate you being in rooms, and you pay to be in those rooms. It costs money, right, to go to conferences, to go to events. But that's where you want to see where you're going, and that's going to motivate you in this busy kind of period, right? Um, Some people like to go a little bit slower, and that's cool too. And what I love about the people who do like growing a little bit more sustainably, and in the money archetypes, this will be the nurturers, the accumulators, um, sometimes the connectors, depending on where they're at, they want to build a little bit more sustainably. Um, sometimes it's because of confidence reasons, but sometimes too, they just want to do things thoroughly and properly. And by the way, if you don't know what I'm talking about with money archetypes, you can take the free quiz. It's denisedt.com slash quiz. You can find out which of the eight archetypes you are because um, each one will experience this growth in, in a different way. And just to touch on a celebrity archetype, for example, Often celebrities, because they're so charismatic, 
they will um, usually find opportunities to be in the spotlight. And so their growth on the outside will look very fast, but they might not necessarily be building the structures behind the scenes to um, to support it. Okay. Same with Mavericks. Sometimes Mavericks will just go, hey, I've got this idea. Who wants it? And everyone goes, yeah. And then they have a, a massive business overnight. And that's, that's what happens too in that growth phase. What's interesting though, is I find in the first phase in that like real startup phase, you kind of have to say yes to everything because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't like. And when I started doing podcast interviews, um, I was just like, well, who am I? So I'll just go on anyone's podcast, right? I'll just say yes to everything. Yes to everyone, yes to everything. When you start to become a little bit more in this growth phase, you can still say yes to a lot of things. But what you'll find is that you'll, um, you'll, you'll come across boundaries around time and energy at some point, right? So this is where I started having um, a lot more coaching clients, but I was really struggling with boundaries with them. Because I was just like, yeah, I was so excited to have clients. I was like, yeah, text me day or night. I'm here for you. And then I was like getting more clients. And I was like, oh, maybe don't text me as much. Um, and then realizing that I had to put some of those structures into place. You know, you're very much flying by the seat of your pants and growing. But like it's a hustle, right? It's a hustle. And you've got to start thinking, how do I want to do this? Okay. And it's totally okay to change your mind. In my real growth phase, I had multiple courses, okay? So I started off with my manifesting course and then I was like, oh, I can help people manifest anything, right? So I was having coaching clients come to me saying, I don't really want business help, but can you help me manifest a soulmate? I was like, yeah, bitch, let's do it. Um, so... And I had lots of success with that because it's the same, 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 right? Manifesting anything, you can manifest anything using the same tools. So I was like, oh, I'll do a soulmate course because I had my book, Lucky Bitch, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. And then I was like, Get Hitched, Lucky Bitch. <laughs> Get Hitched, Lucky Bitch. I literally wrote a book called Get Hitched, Lucky Bitch. And um, I was like, that's so great. And then um, a friend of mine was like, oh, let's do one about, you know, fitness. Let's do like Get Fit, Lucky Bitch. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I was doing all these spin-offs because it seemed like a really good idea. And what I had to learn in that phase is, no, what am I really good at? What's in scope and what's out of scope? What is What do I want to be known for? And having to start saying no to things and, and killing my darlings. You know, you got, can't do everything. Kill your darlings. And so I was like, I love that soulmate course, but you got to go. You know, and then it was... Like, um, oh, I'm sure I had some other little random courses here and there too. I can't even remember them now. Um, but I was like, nope, you have to go. Um, and this is when someone comes to me, this is what you can do. You can join Money Bootcamp. That was pretty much it. Well, you can join my manifesting course. You can join Money Bootcamp. That's it. I'm not doing all these other little side projects. And that, I think that's a really big lesson to learn in this growth phase, right? Is um, I have to start being smarter about my time and my energy, and my, what do I want to be known for? So this is sometimes where people start to increase their prices because they realize that maybe demand outstripping their supply, which is their time. And it's time to go to that next level. Okay. So let's talk about this maturity kind of level in your business. Okay. So as I said, this is where some people, there's a bit of a lull, there's a plateau. Some people's businesses start to decline. Um, some people get a new lease on life and they you know, grow again, or some people just chug along. 
And I probably hit this maybe, uh, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago. Um, already been at that multi-million dollar mark, you know, for a couple of years. And this is where I w- would start to go, oh, but what, what should I do next? What should I do next? And you start to question things. Um, again, what do I want to be known for? But also what I found was really interesting that mine coincided with some really big personal changes in my life. Um, one, the onset of perimenopause, which I haven't really spoken about on this podcast too much, but I would really like to. Um, and uh, being diagnosed with ADHD, my uh, being done with having kids and kind of just going, okay, I'm not in that baby phase anymore. What's next for me as a you know a parent, a mom, whatever. Um, changing where I wanted to live, realizing that um, after buying this big, beautiful beach house in a really public kind of area, realizing I didn't want to have that on display life. And also really feeling quite hermity, you know, and not really wanting to um, be famous or like, you know, thinking, well, do I want to, you know, have a TV show like Ramit Sethi? Do I want to write more books? What, what do I want to do? And what can happen here again is depending on different personality types. Sometimes if you're a maverick kind of personality, this is where people blow it up. They go, I'm bored now. Bye-bye. And they blow up their life. And I've seen so many people do it. Mm. Crap, I just spilled water all over myself. Um, I've seen so many people do it where like things are going pretty well, but they get a bit bored. And so they wreck it. They wreck stuff. They blow things up. Um, they alienate people. Uh, and it can be bad, right? But then I've seen people do it in a really beautiful completion way. Um, like Samantha Wills, the jewelry designer. She had all this beautiful success and then she went, I am complete with this part of my business. Sarah Wilson, who had a very successful multi-million dollar business helping people quit sugar, she went, I'm complete with this part of my life. And so sometimes people just wind things up um, and it's not an issue. It's not bad. It doesn't leave any bad taste in anyone's mouth. But I also think this is a really good time just to pause a little bit. And you can do this if you've built some structures in place, right? So I can do this. I'm very privileged to be able to do this because I've been known for, for Money Boot Camp for my over a decade. So I know that even if I just go, hey, I'm putting a pause on launches at the moment, I'm putting a pause on new books, I have got so much intellectual property out there and so much goodwill in the market that people will still come and buy from me, buy my books, join my programs without me having to do anything for a little while. Um, because I've built that work for a long time. So I can pause. But the other thing that I got really passionate about, maybe again a year ago, I was seeing how so many people um, had spent all their money, you know? And like economy is, like the economy, global economy is tricky right now. There are people with money and there are people who are really experiencing that tightness, especially a lot of Um, smaller businesses. And that has a big knock-on effect, right? So I could sort of see that coming and going, I don't want to get to a point where I feel resentful and and lack. I feel that lack. So now whenever I have an entrepreneur come up to me and say, oh, I'm doing so well, you know, I've I've read your stuff and like I'm making all this money now. I say, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. And please save it. Please save some of it. And so I could see that coming. And so I started investing money in property, um, you know, saving money, paying down mortgages, things like that. 
And that also coincided with us going, hey, we don't want to have this big on-display life, um, so why don't we sell this house because we can make a huge profit on it and downsize and be mortgage-free. And so that's then given us this pause to go, what's next? What is next? What do I want to be known for next? And um, you might be in this place where you want to wind something up and that's totally cool. That's totally cool. Plan for it. Give yourself permission for it. Even if it's something something you've been known for for a long time, sometimes it's great just to go, I'm done with that part of my life. I'm complete. Nothing wrong. Nothing's bad. Just I'm complete with it. Um, you might decide to start another business. You know, and I've kind of done this and like with good and bad ways. So I've got my rose farm, which is a whole, you know, separate business that I don't personally run, but I still you know, it takes a lot of energy and time and money and investment, right? It's still, I always say to people, you know, you can have all these businesses, even if they're passive, it's still like having a child, even if they're at boarding school, they're still your kid, you know? And so the Rose Farm still takes up a lot of bandwidth for me as another business. And then I started um, another business when I, I bought an old bank, And, you know, as a a whole separate accommodation business and then having to realize, I'm like, I can't, um, I can't diffuse my energy like this. I know some people can. And I look at someone like Richard Branson, who, you know, he's obviously in that like later stage of his business where he's an elder, a statesman, but he still has, you know, he's still involved in some of his businesses, but not really. And like, he's really chill and he lives on his island and all that kind of stuff. But like, I don't feel like I could diffuse my energy like that. I have no desire to have this big empire. And um, so that was when I was like, okay, what's got to go? Okay, the bank's got to go. Because I didn't want to cut a lot of things out of my business. I wanted to simplify again for sure and say no to some things that have crept in, like more speaking gigs, especially international speaking gigs. I'm like, oh, no, that's like two weeks away from my family for like a two-day gig, right? So I'm like, that's got to go. Um, bank, you've got to go. And I started to have this affirmation, all my projects are profitable. You know, and that really helps me then to go, am I just looking for excitement or is it a smart decision? Okay. And otherwise it can just in this mature maturation stage, I'm like, well, I don't want to kill the golden goose either. The golden goose that is my beautiful money boot camp business that helps so many people, that has so much more of life to give. Um, I don't want to kill that by diffusing my time, energy, my resources. Okay, so just a bit of food for thought in where you are at at the moment. And I'll tell you one money thing that came up for me, I think, when I started feeling like, oh, yeah, I, I am like an elder in this business. I am a mature kind of leader in this business. I started feeling a bit like irrelevant. I was like, oh, look at all these, you know, fresh young faces and they're so excited and they've got their fresh batteries. And I was just feeling a bit tired and a bit jaded. And I was like, oh, I need to take a pause a little bit and, you know, do some hobbies and clean up my life, clean up some of these, um, these leaks, energy leaks, embed down again, have some roots and stability. Um, and, and you know what, I'm still renovating a house this year, but that will be done soon. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not going to go wild on that. And then I'm just going to go back to basics in my business. Feels really good to do it. And again, I acknowledge my privilege to have that space to do it. But I really noticed that I was just like, oh, I'm not relevant anymore because I was trying to do too many things. Of course, I couldn't keep up with the freshy 
newbies, right? But then realizing that, oh, there there is space for that wisdom and that elder wisdom to go, hey, I've seen this before and that's okay. Um, and not feel like, oh, I have to do all the things and keep up with everyone. Um, and yeah, I'm still settling into that. So if you're in that space in your business too, where you're not quite sure, I totally get it. I totally get it, especially if it's coinciding with other factors in your life. And for me, you know, our youngest has just started school and I'm like, great, you know, I can see that there'll be other energy. Now, I, um, for those of you who are feeling that way, I do have something I want to share with you after this last break, but I also just want to hear from you, you know, wherever you saw the link for this podcast, whether on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, I really want to hear your insights about this. Um, that's probably the best way to to connect um, because there's no comments on my uh, on my website page if you went and read the, the notes, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I really want to hear what stage of business you're in and um, what's going on with you. Okay, I'll see you right after this final break. Bye. Uh, my name is Michelle Graywall, and I'm a project manager from Boston. I started learning about Denise uh, when her Get Rich Lucky Bitch book came out. I think it was like the day that it went live on Amazon. Um, I, I got it and I started reading it. And um, I think I started reading the Kindle book. And um, and then I loved it so much I ordered the, the hard copy. And I've probably over the last four or five years, I've read it like five times. And you know that it's, the material is just amazing. The way she shares stories and it's, you know, the, the lessons and just who she is as a role model has just She's incredible. Before boot camp, I mean, Denise opened me up into a whole new way that, you know, I could design my future, that I would be able to, you know, set an intention and be able to take the practical steps, you know, to make it happen. Um, before boot camp, I didn't know much about manifestation or the law of attraction, um, but I just loved how practical Denise was and that she actually like broke it down um, into something real. And because of that, I mean, I have, I manifested this gorgeous house, like way less than I, you know, way less than I would have ever thought to pay for it. Um, it literally down to like the exact detail. I remember writing that down and before boot camp, I never would have known that I could just kind of put that out there and set that intention and, you know, learn to clear my own blocks. Okay. Welcome back. So uh, again, on this season thing, right. And this season and being being the elder and not feeling that um, urgency all the time. There's something that uh, I used to always say to myself. It's like, there's time. There's time. And I think this works no matter what stage of business you're in. Okay. So if you're at the start of your business and you're like, I have to do all the things, like tell yourself, there's time. There's time for life to unfold. There's time for me to write the books of my career. And I don't have to write all the books of my career this year. I don't have to do all, launch all of the programs of my career this year. I don't have to do all of that now. If you're in that growth phase, you know, there's time. Again, I don't have to do all the things. I can choose my path. There's time. And of course, you know, you can buy time with leverage and hiring other people and all those things. And then if you're in a bit more of a mature stage of your life and business, there's time. And I saw Martha Stewart say this. Uh, Martha Stewart's like, I don't know, 80 years old or something. She looks so good. I mean, look at Oprah as well. Like she's, I think, in her 70s now. I don't even know. They both are just in their power. And there's this ad for Masterclass that I see all the time with Martha Stewart. And she said, I started my first business at 50 years old. And like when I saw that, it just gave me so much like relief 
right? I'm f- almost 45. Um, and I think there's sometimes that feeling of like, well, I've had my success now, you know, or, or oh, it's so unfair. My kids are so, you know, still d- demanding and young. I can't do all the things I want to do. I'm going to run out of time or I'm going to lose my place or I'm not going to be able to do all the things I want to do. I'll be left behind. And to hear Martha Stewart say, I started my first business at 50 years old. And I'm like, oh my God, she's created so much success in those three decades from 50 to 80, like so much success. And I just think, wow, there's so much time. Like I, I'm going to be around for a long time and that's okay. And there will be times where you won't be able to do all the things and you have to honor that. You have to honor that season of your life. And it's like, there's time there's time. And then of course, I always use my affirmation. It's my time and I'm ready for the next step. But that doesn't mean you're always in growth period. My time doesn't mean growth period. My time this year is a very um, chilled, easy fellow time, you know, allowing my fields to have a bit of, you know, chill out time, let the birds poop on me a little bit, Um, you know, fix some stuff behind the scenes, clean up some of my systems all that stuff I've been neglecting for a little bit. Um, so that's my time. But where's your time? Are you in startup, growth, or closure, closure renewal? Where are you? I'd love to hear from you on that. Okay, so honor the season of your life. It'll be gone before you know it. It will. And there is time. Okay, well, thanks for joining me on Chill and Prosper. As always, reach out at Denise DT on social media. Let me know what um, ahas you got from this episode. And please share this podcast with friends too. I really appreciate when people do that. I will see you on next week's episode of Chill and Prosper. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.